Great. Um, I just wanted to uh, spend a few minutes talking about tent dwelling. And while I'm doing that, guys, there's a tent there. Would you like to put it up? Come on. While I'm doing, while I'm speaking, you can be putting up a tent. See if they can do it in the time that it takes me to speak. Okay, great. Um, what we've been doing, it's just what it's come out then. What we've been doing together at New Day, and what we're going to be doing in a couple of weeks' time together at West Point, namely camping in tents, is nothing new. Okay? And in fact, in the Old Testament, there are any number of references to the people of Israel living in tents. You know, and the, and the tabernacle where God was worshipped, in a sense, was nothing more than, you know, a box that had the Ten Commandments in it, carried in a tent on poles, and it was kind of mobile. It was, it was like a pop-up worship place. You know, and even in more recent history, there have been tent meetings. So more recent history, say, in the 1800s, um, in, uh, starting in Kentucky, apparently, uh, in the 1800s, where 25,000 people would gather for a tent meeting. Now, we had probably about 6,000, I, I suppose, at New Day, and that was with all of the PA, all of the sound systems, all of the smoke machines, all of the lights. I don't quite know. It's not quite, is there a... Well done. You haven't put the top on. Yeah, you wouldn't want to sleep in that. You'd get wet, particularly at the moment. But anyway, there we are. Um, we invested in some of those because we thought they'd be nice, nice and easy to put them up. Um, some pop-up tents. Well done. 25,000 people, no electricity, no PA, don't know how they did it. And I remember uh, Ray Lowe, who was one of the kind of early um, pioneers of the New Frontiers network of churches, and one of his particular areas of knowledge was church history. He's got a passion for church history, and, and it's kind of infectious when you listen to Ray speak about church history. And I've heard Ray talk about um, the sort of the, the tent revivals that used to go on in the 1800s. You know, nothing new, nothing new in what goes on in tents. You know, and, and in more recent history, of course, Stonely, where thousands of people would gather at Stonely Showground just outside Coventry um, and experience something of God together. You know, in my own history, I think it was probably in 1978, I remember coming into a marquee at something called the Kingdom Life Festival, Kingdom Life Meetings, uh, and it was at the Leg of Mutton site in Cobham in Surrey. And just, the, just coming along and seeing this marquee, and there was like dust coming out of it because everybody inside was like worshipping like there was no tomorrow, and people just dancing and shouting and loud music. And as I say, it was just the dust inside was almost coming out. As you approach the tent, you could see the dust coming out of the tent from inside. And if you like it, it transformed my experience of 
worship. It transformed my understanding of church. It was a very, for me, a very impactful moment in my history. Uh, and not only that, because that's also where I met Teresa. And God told her then that she would marry me, so I didn't stand a chance from that point onwards. <laughs> um, and I remember in 1994, uh, as my church, which was in Battersea in those days, uh, in southwest London, and we were coming into friendship at that point in time with New Frontiers. Uh, and me and my mate Colin, we went to visit Stonelea for the day just to see what it was like and to work out, is this uh, a good place to take our church to in the following year? Would it be, would it be good? Would they benefit from going to Stonelea? And I remember we arrived on the site. You can imagine we sort of set out maybe eight o'clock or so. And by the time you get up to Stonely, it's kind of 11 o'clock. And I remember seeing all these 12 to 14 year olds who just come out of their seminar, their meeting. And they were just like falling around as if they were completely drunk. Honestly, you'd have thought they were drunk. You, you, it, was a, it was drunk in the Holy Spirit, you have to understand. They hadn't touched a drop. A bit like in, in, in Acts, you know, these men are not drunk as you suppose. It's only nine o'clock in the morning. It was a bit like that. They were, just, they were just like praying for each other and the person would fall over and then the rest of them would just all fall, fall down laughing. And, and they would, they would get, get like, like imaginary buckets of Holy Spirit water and they'd chuck it over somebody and that person would be like propelled backwards as if... Something had really hit them, and they would and they would be really, really propelled backwards, you know, poleaxed, knocked down, and then they just all fall around laughing. You know, it was an amazing sight. As the, and, and and God was just having so much fun with his kids. He really was. The Holy Spirit was just having such a laugh. And the grown-ups, yeah, and the grown-ups, yeah, that's right. That was true. The grown-ups as well, but it was particularly good to see amongst these sort of twelve to fourteen-year-olds. Um. And, and so then, you know, as a church, we went in 1995, the following year, and we went every year through to when it closed in 2001. So, you know, gatherings like New Day, West Point, Stonely are nothing new, but pretty much always have been significant times in the life of the church over the years, not just in recent history, but as I say, going back into, into the 1800s and, and what God was doing. Uh, in, in, in various places, particularly, you know, starting in Kentucky and in other places as well. You know, in the New Testament, our bodies are described as nothing more than tents until we await our new heavenly bodies. Let me just uh, read you that. It's from 2, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. I'll just read you a little bit of that. It says, for we know that if the earthly tent we live in is destroyed, not that, but this, this earthly tent, this is an earthly tent, it's a body, okay, you've got one as well, okay, if this earthly tent is destroyed, we have a building from God, not a tent anymore, at the moment, it's a tent, it's going to be a building, we have this, we have an eternal, we have a building from God, an eternal house in heaven, not built by human hands. 
Okay, that was put up by Ben and Mel in, don't know how long, very quickly. Built by human hands, but we're going to have a, a building that we will be in that is not built by human hands. Meanwhile, we groan, longing to be clothed instead with our heavenly dwelling, because when we are clothed, we will not be found naked. While we are in this tent, we groan and are burdened. Now, that's going to be some of you in a couple of weeks' time, being in a tent, groaning. Okay. Um, but while we're in this tent, we groan and are burdened because we do not wish to be unclothed, but to be clothed instead with our heavenly dwelling. So that what is mortal, flesh and blood, may be swallowed up by life. That's an incredible statement, isn't it? Because we always think of, of, of our flesh and, our, and our, our body being swallowed up by death, don't we? We think we're going to be swallowed up by death. But the Bible says we're going to be swallowed up by life. We're going to be swallowed up by life. It's life that's going to take hold of us on that day. Now, the one who has fashioned us for this very purpose is God, who has given us the spirit as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. Therefore, we are always confident, and we know that as long as we are at home in the body, that's us here, this is the body, we're at home in this body, we're away from the Lord. For we live by faith and not by sight. We're confident, I say, and would prefer to be away from the body and at home with the Lord. Away from the body and at home with the Lord. This is not home. Home, one day, is where we will be with the Lord. Tents are a symbol of shelter and mobility. While set up, if you put the roof on it, they provide shelter. Okay? If, it was, if you were inside that and it was raining, you would stay dry. And that, that's supposed to be quite waterproof, actually. Um, supposed to be more, quite heavy rainproof, that, that, that tent. So they provide a shelter. When they're set up, they provide a shelter. And God wants us, uh, you know, and rather when they're taken down, they allow for movement. You can take them somewhere else. They're not fixed. That can go anywhere. It's a shelter, but it's also available for movement. And God wants us to be a people that know that we are sheltered, but also we can be moved. We are a people who are secure and sheltered. We are Sheltered, we have a shelter in God. We have a shelter. God is for us, He's with us, He loves us, He's our Father. We are sheltered in God. But He also wants us to be a people who know that we're on a journey. We're a people on the move. This isn't our home, this is only temporary. Okay, three score years and ten, maybe more if you're strong, the, the scriptures say. Three score years, well, more than that. But it's temporary, can set against the perspective of eternity. This life is no more than this little bit of 
dust in the expanse of this room. This life is temporary. Hebrews 11 tells us of Abraham making his home where he was a stranger and an immigrant in order to receive his inheritance. And it says he was looking for a city whose architect and builder is God. He wasn't looking for an earthly dwelling. He wasn't looking for something to build. You know, oh, I'm going to make a name for myself by making this great big building. No, he was looking for something beyond that. He was looking for a home that is with the Lord one day. Again, in that 2 Corinthians 5, it points out that when we die, we're absent from the body, but home with the Lord. That's where our home is. Our home, true home, is with the Lord. Our true home, from eternity's perspective, is not here. You know, and sometimes living under canvas can be a good reminder, can serve as a good reminder of that unseen reality It's good to be reminded that there's more than this life. It's good to be reminded that we go one day to be with the Lord, to be with him, to see him. For this brief moment in time and space allotted to us, it leads to an eternity in the presence of the Lord, at least for those of us, of course, who belong to Jesus. If you belong to Jesus, then you know that you're going to be with the Lord one day. So just finally, when you're at West Point thinking, why am I doing this? Why am I eating in a tent when I could be at my comfortable dining table at home? When you're thinking to yourself, why am I sleeping in a tent when I could be in my comfortable bed? Now, some of you, of course, I know are staying in a, in a hotel. Uh, we'll be in a comfortable bed, but you're still going to be eating in a tent. Just remind yourself that a tent is a biblical picture of the temporary nature of this life and a reminder of the glory that is to be revealed to us in the age to come. A tent is a biblical picture to remind us of this truth. And history shows us that God can do amazing things when he gathers his people in tents. It's happened time and time again. When people gather in tents in God's presence, God does something. And that's been our experience as well, even at West Point. As we go to West Point, God has spoken to us. God has uh, led us into new things. So let's expect God to be at work at West Point. Let's be praying for God to be at work at West Point. We're all going to be at some point under canvas, whether we're sleeping under canvas or just eating together under canvas. We're going to be under canvas at some point in time. Uh, Many of us, most of us. And um, so let's just... Believe that what God has done in history, he will continue to be doing amongst us. He's going to be continuing to be at work amongst us. Amen? Amen. Amen. James?